Looky here, it's Caleb Truth, and I want to welcome everybody to the church, a place where you can deliver yourself from the stress, the strain, the drama, and pain, all the suffering of life. See, only God really knows your true destiny, your true timeline of life. Many people try to go the wrong route, but you need to get back on track. Oh, God, and I'm going to get you there. Welcome to the church. Time to get that word. Taking over, oh God, you never sober. You lost, you think it's over. Let me take them to church, take them to church. Let me take them to church. Let me take them to church, take them to church. Let me take them to church. Let me take them to church. Your bills past due. You going nuts, blue screws. Need to hear some good news. Cause you tired of hearing bad news. Down to your last few. Just put your last two on pump two. For some gas, I know it's hard not to act the fool. But you still gotta get to working. Still gotta get it in. Praying God make it working. Bring you some money in. Welcome to another episode of What's Up with DJ. I'm your host, DJ. And each week I bring you topics about current events, career development, finance, holistic living, life hacks, and stories of inspiration and humor, all from a spiritual perspective. So be sure to subscribe, follow, like, comment, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you if you have already done so. I really appreciate you being a part of the community. Your thoughts, opinions, and comments are always encouraged and appreciated. And with that being said, let's get right into the show. My guest this week is John Wayne S. III. He's the founder of the production company London Town Pictures. He's been in the entertainment industry for over three decades. Over the past decade, John has produced and directed over 200 music videos, 70 television commercials, and films. In 2005, he joined the international record label DL Records as president and general manager. During his tenure at the label, he was instrumental in propelling hip-hop artist Bodega's career, ushering in the hit single, We Don't Play That, produced by Little John, featuring Bun B. That song was an instant radio success, which led him to launch J-Dub Records. In 2015, John made his directorial debut in the film Red All Over, which stars Slim Thug and Donna Bisco, which explores the issues around gun violence, mental health, and bullying. His new film, Ebony Hustle, stars actress Michelle Lamb, who plays an ex-stripper turned private investigator. The movie follows Ebony as she gathers clues to save a teenage girl who she believes is being held against her will by former rapper turned pastor Caleb Truth, played by Andrew Chandler. I need you to go and get my baby back. Please help me. People love the God, and I love them back wholeheartedly. Caleb Truth really is the truth. I know that girl. 
Ebony Hustle is a film about friendship, past lovers, new lovers, street knowledge, and above all, justice. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate that. That was such a, I was trying to figure out who you was talking about. But you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you're doing it all, it just doesn't even think about it, right? You're just doing it. And then somebody goes back and remind you of all that. You're like, well, who, who are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of surreal sometimes when you when people start to go off some of the things you've done. And uh, especially, you know, I'm a pretty self-motivated person, but then, you know, I'm always trying to encourage myself to do more. But then I sometimes just sit back and sit, be thankful in the moment of the things I have done and be appreciative at that time. Yeah, yeah. You do have to go back and get, I had to learn how to stop for a moment and celebrate, you know, those little events because I would just skip over because I'm so busy about the next thing that I have to do that I don't stop and actually celebrate you know they're just a little small uh you know wins that are happening so I kind of you know make sure I stop and do that um but so how did you get your start in the entertainment business so initially um I wanted to be a doctor oh wow Illinois and Chicago and I was a pre-man major my major was biology, but mine was in political science. So I had like a plan. This was my plan. Okay. My plan was that um, by the time I got out of medical school, there would be uh, all these baby boomers like to spend money. So I was going to have some, a lot of real estate around the country and put my name on it because I figured they would vote for me if they lived in the communities that I own or, you know, rent out to them. And then I was going to flip that into a political career. Mm-hmm. And so I figured... The baby boomers, they're very uh, dependable, a voting block. Uh, they live where, where my name is, name recognition, they'll vote for me. I didn't really have a plan. I was going to hire somebody to get a plan. That was my general idea of what I was going to do. So like the summer I was going to go start applying for a medical school, this production manager called me, and uh, this is going to tell my age too. She left a message on the answer machine. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that I had volunteered to work. Uh, I called my working on an indie movie. But it's like, no, I didn't. It's like, yes, you did. So we went back and forth. And at the time I was, uh, I was in college and I was a manager at a parking garage and I had just lost my job. And so I figured, you know, it sounds interesting. She needed a second assistant director. So I went there with the suit and tie on already talked to the first assistant director. After five minutes, he realized I couldn't help him do nothing because I knew nothing about film. <laughs> so she called me back a week later and said, I can't give you that job because you don't know <clears throat> what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. But I have a production assistant in the art department, which you'd be interested in. She said they were working uh, 16 hours a day, six days a week for six weeks straight. And the pay was $50 a week. And wow. I said, yes. And it's, okay. it's so funny because the movie that I worked on was called Scenes from the Soul. 
Singing for a Song was director George Tillman's first film out of film school. So he went on the Men of Honor, he'd done Notorious and all the barbershop movies. This is the first film he did, I, you know, at the time, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything about who he was. I just agreed to work in a movie because I thought it was a good idea. Okay. And, uh, I worked on that movie. I met this other guy who didn't go to film school either. He went to this community workshop for directing. And so during that time, when people wanted to do music videos or anything like that, they went to New York, LA. There was nobody in the middle of the country doing music mm. videos. That's where you went to New York or you went to LA. And so people in Chicago wanted videos. There was this back during a time, like right at the beginning of the High William times when people were spending 30, 40,000 or more on yeah. for songs they weren't even on radio. I come from physical film production where we have to get by film, get processed and developed. So I come from a process of filmmaking. A lot of the filmmaking done now is real digital, so you kind of point and click. A lot of the editing and stuff is kind of, you know, kind of user-friendly. But I come from where we actually have to go through the process of developing film. And so we start doing music videos, and the rest is kind of history. I just kind of, you know, I just realized at that point that being a doctor probably not a good idea, even though I don't like people getting needles and blood, so that probably wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that, too. I wanted to be a doctor when I was a teenager as well. And my mother was like, well, you hate seeing blood. I mean, just watching a movie or watching anything just makes like, ah, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't like <laughs> watching <Yes>. people bleed. <laughs> yeah. So it just, you know, it's just like a lot of my career has just really been about me being in the right place at the right time, me taking an opportunity. I always say yes and figure out everything else later on. So Yeah, that's a very um, good advice. Yeah, just say yes, go along with it and then figure it out. Yeah, because I, the way I look at it is that I'm not the first person, whatever the issue is or problems arise, I'm not the first person to have to deal with it. I just need to find an answer or somebody else who can kind of mm -hmm. bring a solution to it. So um, I, I usually go into stuff. If you think it's a good idea, and I think it's good business sense, I'll say yes to it and I'll figure out the issues later. Yeah, just lean right into it. I feel you on that. So um, so this film here, you're, and I... I, I uh, Love the actress who, um, Michelle Lamb, I think she did an amazing job um, on this film. I uh, And the characters in the film are so likable. Even the ones that you don't supposed to like. <laughs> I really uh, enjoy watching as well. So how, what made you want to actually put this film? And I'm actually going to, I'm trying to, to control what I'm saying because I want to include snippets of the of the different scenes in the movie. Um, into this uh, this talk that we're having, and also the because um, I really enjoyed the catchphrase. You know, bam, baby, you busted! <laughs> I love the catchphrase. So, what made you um, choose this film, this script? So, this is a process of a lot, like we said before. It's a lot of moving parts in, in production. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, after I did Red All Over, uh, my, my prior film. Um, I went to this press junket in Atlanta and this, uh, you know, young people come to you all the time when they ask how to get in business and stuff like that. So this young guy came to me like he wanted to know. And usually I have my general response I give to people. But I was telling them that you have something that's very powerful that I do not have growing up. You have Google. If you ask Google the right question, you get the right answer. And he's yeah. paused. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, John? I don't even know what the right question is. Mm -hmm. So then he started thinking that a lot of young people, particularly filmmakers of color, who are in different parts of the country doing lots of great music videos and some local commercials and things of that sort, but they really don't understand the business of how to move to the next level. 
So they get kind of, kind of stuck in that particular part because they don't know what to do. And so I realized after a period, you know, over my career is that I realized two things. One, I can't direct every film or television show, but I can produce multiple things at one time. Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up and I was coming through this business, I didn't have any kind of mentors that I can kind of lean on. I have people can ask questions like that, but nobody really kind of say, hey, don't do this, don't do that. Right. So I thought it was a good idea for me to try to look for young guys who had the potential to really kind of, you know, go to the next level, but he just needed a little push or some insight. So I started to look for uh, the distributors that were willing to take that with me. A lot of people I talked to, they wanted me to work on something. They wanted me to direct it. They didn't want me to give opportunity to somebody else just because, you know, you're taking a chance. You don't know what you're getting. And I found one that said, yes, uh, they had an idea that they wanted to do a movie about uh, kind of Foxy Brown type thing, kind of like black exploitation type thing. I didn't necessarily want to do a black exploitation type thing, but I want to try to find a middle ground between what they wanted, something current, and something I can live with as being a black filmmaker. You know, and so we came up with the idea of uh, Ebony Hustle. So it just came out of a, a natural fruition between talks with the distributor and their people on that team, and then my two writing partners, uh, Nia Cachet and uh, Frank Overton the whole character of Ebony Hustle uh, came to be. Mm, yeah. And so, cause I, I have no clue about how movies, you know, I mean, some idea, but you know, all the really, the, the, the sort of uh, nooks and crannies of, of how something comes to be. I mean, I know you find a script, you know, you find a director, you find actors, but there are, um, like you said, so many moving pieces to making a film. And also you have to choose the right, film um that people want to invest in to create people who want to actually be in the film be a part of it so you may have five other ideas out there but that one idea that you probably mean but thought would you know be the idea people want is the one that people want you say hey okay well this is what everybody is sort of gravitating to then fine I, this is what i put my energy into a lot of time filmmaking and production is, is a lot about, it, it's like uh, networks, uh, record labels, uh, big entertainment enterprises. Although they traffic in uh, creativity, they're corporate entities. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at numbers and things that make sense, the progression of their audiences and the things that they're going after in the advertising. So a lot of time, a lot of things get green light, not necessarily for the things reasons that people believe they should be, mm-hmm. but because of some factors you know that they go in from talking to you know research and other things say hey people are kind of moving this particular direction so uh maverick the distributor has a a kind of neck for urban uh content and Mm -hmm. so they are trying to find trends in urban things to try to you know make things uh work for uh, black filmmakers and black audiences in general and yes this food and and when i went to the website ebonyhustle.com and um, first thing that showed up, and I like Tubi. I, I actually have that loaded on my on my Fire Stick, <laughs> and uh, and so I'll definitely go there to to check it out. And we'll get more into where you can actually go and, and actually see the movie as well. So, what's the story behind Ebony Hustle? So, Ebony Hustle is about a, a young extra returns private investigator. There used to be a show back in the 70s called The Rock for Foul. I don't know if you remember it. Your audience probably would. About this guy who went to prison for something he said he didn't commit, 
When he got out of prison, he decided to become a private investigator. So he would use people that he knew when he was in prison to help him solve crimes, like the guy who works at the uh, mayor's office, the water department, different places, they were in, with him in prison, and they would kind of give him leg up or insights on how to solve certain crimes. So Ebony does the same thing. She uses people that she knew when she was a stripper, like other strippers, bouncers, club owners, variety of different people. They help her to get an insight to things to help you know solve crimes. So what she does on a daily basis is workers' comp and disability claims. So people come to her, say, we need to validate this person has a you know, legitimate disability. She goes, takes some pictures, do some things just to you know, find it out. On this particular day, uh, she's in the neighborhood watching somebody. A woman from the neighborhood uh, watch group sees her and he tells her that I need, she needed Ebony's help. Her 16-year-old daughter went to a concert a couple of months ago to see this guy named Caleb Truth. Caleb's, like you said before, he's an ex, uh, ex pastor. He's an ex gangster rapper turned pastor. He's like mm-hmm. a mix between R. Kelly and Kanye West. He liked yeah. young girls, <laughs> but he got a God complex, which is a really bad combination. Oh, and yeah. She, <laughs> and she says, I need you to help me get my daughter. Ebony's like, hey, I don't do missing kids. You know, you need to go somebody else. To, to the police, right. Yeah, pretty much. But through a series of events, she eventually helps her to help her bring mm-hmm. the daughter back. Uh, out of that situation. Mm-hmm. But like every great superhero, they have a weakness. Mm-hmm. And Ebony's weakness is young guys. She can't get mm-hmm. <laughs> She's a cougar. <laughs> She's a cougar. And so it's a balancing in between her will and heart to try to do what's right, using her abilities of being an extra and how she can entice people in situations in her way, but also mm-hmm. at the same time, her weakness of liking young guys for whatever her reasons are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like the song, and we and I'm I'm going to have the song as the intro is uh, not church but church, <laughs> and I have it as the intro to the, to this uh, episode. Um, and uh, the guy who plays um, the uh, gangster rapper turned uh, pastor church. He's now he's a he's a, a Christian rapper, I guess you could say, um, by the name of. Uh, Kaylee Truth, who's played by uh, Andrew Chandler, and one of the the songs that, and also I'll leave a link to the video, which is uh, is this church, and I saw a great, I mean, it's an amazing lyric video that you guys have as well, uh, along with the song. So I really like the production that you guys have. have There's actually a video for it too. Yes, saw the video as well. Saw the video and the lyric video. The thing about uh, Andrew is that uh, Andrew is not a rapper. Yeah. Really? I mean, I would never think that he was not because I listened to the song. I'm like, this guy, I thought it was the reason why you chose him because no, he was no. a rapper. He's not a rapper. He is he just he just fit the character very well. The guy who uh, wrote the song, Lamar, who produced the song, Lamar Jones, and another artist who's on the uh soundtrack 86, they went work with him and they wrote the song. So he didn't have, he's not a rapper. He doesn't have, you know, songs or anything out there like that. So this is something all entirely new outside of him, you know, acting mm-hmm. in the movie, doing the song was something that, you know, you couldn't tell if you look no, at it. No, not. tell that. But we, he, was, he was just really open. He was very open and, mm-hmm. and willing to do whatever he needed to do for the character. Yeah, and he's sort of what you would call in the film the the antagonist or the yes. the, the protagonist. Was the antagonist or the protagonist? The protagonist. Yes, and so he's uh, the very sort of like you said the the corrupt uh, 
you know, R. R Kelly-ish, and this kind of thing that came to mind as I'm watching the film about this young girl that's been sort of being captive in, in this house. And, you know, he, you know, was doing a lot of bad things in the, in the film <laughs> that makes him an evil guy. And um, and definitely you just feel like, wow, this you don't know this guy's off the hinge. <laughs> yeah, just, he kind of like know. takes it all the way to that point. He is a, a, a true villain to to the point to where he's two faced this to everybody out in the community. He's doing stuff in the community. He's a really mm -hmm. nice guy. But his true self at home, you know, he has his own personal things that demons and things he's trying to work, work through. You know, and one of the things that I felt like as I watched the film was that relationships were really important, especially to Ebony. You know, her friendships were really, really important and how people supported her, even though they may have bad blood or they may have had issues in the past. She was still able to to, you know, keep some level of civility but everyone always, her friends always came to support her and help her. And I really like that aspect of it about friendship and relationships. Yeah. So, yeah, her character was really, those people she felt like in the past that were really on her side, that was really trying to be there for her, she was committed to them. Regardless mm -hmm. if they would do something wrong or right, she was committed to being there for them. Michelle Lamb did a really excellent job in delivering that character. She's actually, the funny thing about it is that, and, when this air this going to air in a couple of days, but she's actually on tour with uh, Two Chains. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, doing some acting for his uh, for his concert. So she plays the mother, Two Chains' mother in the uh, in the concerts, uh, the live you know concerts uh, on tour. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I looked at her I am uh, DB page, and she's pretty booked up, man. I mean, <laughs> she has projects. <laughs> You know, back to back. So uh, really impressive. I, I went on to her Instagram, uh, Michelle Lamb on uh, Instagram and, and uh, definitely followed her because, uh, you know, she's definitely I just enjoyed the way that she played this character. You know, she played her in a way that she's very likable um, and you want to see sort, sort of how she's piecing this together. Yeah. You know, she's sort of piecing this, this story together. Yeah, there's a lot of young girls who are in those situations, you know. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the most notable one that we could talk about today is obviously with R. Kelly. Because yeah. his house started to fall apart, then the, the girls felt empowered to kind of, you know, speak their mind in peace about, you know, what they felt about what he was doing. But before mm -hmm. that happened, you probably couldn't convince them to do anything. They believed whatever he said, you know. So a lot of uh, young girls get in those situations. They're enticed by the draw, the fame, the lights, mm -hmm. the cameras. And they get into those situations and they then they get stuck and they don't know how to get out of it. And no matter how much the mother praying for, the mother hoping for, if the young girl doesn't see that she needs to get out of it, then she'll be stuck over there. The film will be out December 1st, right? Yeah, that is correct. It's going to premiere uh, for two weeks on Tubi TV, then they'll go to all the other platforms like Amazon and, you know, hopefully and a whole bunch of other places. But it's mm -hmm. going to premiere on uh, Fox's uh, streaming channel, uh, Tubi TV. Okay, perfect, on December 1st. Well, you said Tubi will be on Tubi first on December 1st, and then after that, it will be on other streaming platforms that perfect is, yes. 
For years, I've used medicinal herbs because they are a great way to flush your kidneys and gallbladder, strengthen your immune system, de-stress your heart, and increase proper blood flow. Medicine Man Plant Co. is a Texas-based company that believes in using state-of-the-art best practices enforced by the FDA to ensure the best quality of herbs. Their herbs are blended from the world's best ancient plants and mushrooms proven effective across thousands of years. Medicine Man Plant Co. uses modern science to powder and compress easy-to-swallow herbal capsules. They are powerful, quality herbs that help you stay healthy. Try their Stone Breaker Pill if you want to flush your kidneys and gallbladder. The Blood Pressure Pill will help promote proper blood flow and circulation and also addresses high blood pressure. The Uric Acid Pill will keep your joints and extremities clean and pain-free. So go to www.medicinemanplantco.com to begin receiving herbal medicine like the liver pill, which will power up and protect your liver and detoxify your body, or even the immune pill that will defend your body and support and strengthen both your innate and active immune systems. Again, that's www.medicinemanplantco.com. Perfect. And so it's also this film, as you said earlier, has a soundtrack. And one of the great songs you heard during the intro was Church, C-H-U-C-H, without, without the R. <laughs> it's it's without church. 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 church, without the R. By your hands and let us pray. As we stand here before you in the church, ending the stress and strain, the pain which always looks. God, we need you as we walk amongst the earth in which we rose from the dust. Father, watch over us. On God. If your bill's taking over, oh God, you never sober. You lost, you think it's sober. Let me take him to church, take him to church. Let me take him to church. But it's all, that's an example, even with that particular scene, it's an example of how people get drawn into stuff and they can't mm-hmm. see other things happening. They just get drawn into the fanfare, you know, and her. Oh, her, yeah, exactly. Her friend is just was just so enamored with, with him, was mm-hmm. enamored with the whole process that she couldn't see anything outside of that you know right no matter even if everything's going like this is a clear path that he's doing something wrong she's like you know that's just life right exactly exactly and um and then you know and even she gets intertwined you know ebony's best friend gets intertwined and gets involved with the the villain as well because she's enamored by his, you know, fame and success. The same reason why the girl, the young girl, ends up, you know, being um capped captive in this in this house is because the film is really about those issues, about being an enamored with fame. And um when someone has a certain level of success, then we sort of forget about um certain things. Because like, you know, they're famous. So, you know, we can forgive things. Like, well, should we, should we not? Because what the person may be dealing with the villain in this case, maybe dealing with maybe some stuff that we really need to be like not celebrating this individual because he's really yeah. needs to get some things solved in his life, yeah. you know? Yes. So are there any other things you want to discuss about the film? Yeah. Also too, I want to talk about uh, uh, the product placement in the movie. So mm-hmm. a lot of times in the past when, when I've done projects, usually I send the project over to a, a product placement agency they look at it and they try to find people who 
uh, would fit. And a lot of times, trying to pay people can actually pay the fees that goes with product placement. But this time, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to really focus on products and services of people of color who have viable products, strong social media, but I felt like they were not getting the fair share that they probably could get. So I went out and I probably talked to about two, 200, 300 companies. Wow. I've tried to, you know, vet them to see, you know, if they're actually doing it. So you, 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 you talk to people, people are like, okay, he really want me to movie. I really don't believe that. So that, once you get past that particular point and show them it's actually a real movie, a lot of people, I, I narrowed it down to nine companies. There is, we're going to have this marketing campaign once the movie comes out on December 1st, starting on the 2nd, to where I didn't just want to have it to where people just, I'm asking the product place just to send us products so we can use it. I wanted to have it where it's integrated into the storyline. So when people looking at the storyline, they clearly can see their brands in the movie. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, one of the companies called Guidance Whiskey. What we're going to do is have a campaign to where you follow both of the account, London Town Pictures and Guidance Whiskey on Instagram. Then you have to ask them the question from the movie. And this took us is like, what, uh, who called Ebony after she had her morning coffee with a shot of Guidance Whiskey? Mm-hmm. So yeah, image of that. So they have to go and look at the movie to answer the question. We get to strains. They get the direct connection of their brand in the movie that people can kind of make the correlation. And hopefully that translates over to, to sales and recognition later. So we have whiskey company. We have a young guy uh, called We Are The Hype in California. It's a young black guy who has a head gaming company. He, he's, he had, makes head gaming. A young woman in on the East Coast who makes uh, beer. Uh, we have uh, a woman in California who has uh, uh, an African wine. It's a California wine, but it's from an African recipe. So variety of different people from other liquors. So a a young black woman who owns an Italian uh, leather uh, shoe company, Mm -hmm. you know? So we tried to find people that fit into the story, not just kind of throw them in there. Like, you know, you do a big budget movie and they have Taco Bell. We all clearly can see that Taco Bell is the proper placement, but integrated into the story to where it makes sense. And people can kind of like, oh, okay. And then they're like, hey, Ebony had that Bombay vodka. Maybe I want to try that, you know, mm-hmm. with headphones on. Maybe I want to try that. Or maybe this the young lady who has some, I met bags. Maybe I want to get one of those bags too. Helping other uh, uh, vendors of color, people, entrepreneurs of color, but also, you know, bringing a brand and wellness through an independent uh, perspective. Part of placement, a lot of times we don't think about that. We don't think about when watching the film and you see a logo or you see, um, you know, a company's name brand there, you know, that is a product placement that that company is, is um is, you know, maybe they are a sponsor or they're getting some kind of benefit out of showing that particular um, logo. Even with the, uh, the soundtrack, I mean, these are four really great independent artists who uh, have really come a long way from their, their humble beginnings to, you know, do some really great song producing. Really, I I feel really proud about the movie, but I really feel real proud about the soundtrack because I really feel like mm-hmm. they really came and really did what, what I asked them to do. Not just do songs, but songs pertaining to the movie, the subject matter about the movies and those particular scenes they're in. I really feel like they really came, they came to play and they really mm-hmm. showed up very well. The soundtrack, the Ebony Hustle soundtrack is available on all platforms. So whatever your famous streaming platform is out there, then the music video for Church 
when mm -hmm. uh, Kingdom Truth is on you know most music video uh, platforms. We're gonna do a couple more music videos for them, which we release as the uh, movie go on. This kind of helps elevate the indie artists who are on the soundtrack. It elevates the uh, brands that we work with. It kind of all takes us to another level. Definitely, and there's so many people involved. You know, so many people that you know support this film, people, because it's uh, again, it's it's a it's a uh, a black uh, film. And uh, again, like you were saying earlier, is supporting black businesses, black business owners. And at the end of the day, it's about a story. It's about a story that I think will inspire people. You know, I, a couple of years ago, I saw this uh, interview that Tyler Perry did uh, where they were asking him what his mentors were when he was first started. He said he didn't have any. And he said that he realized at some point in his career that if he didn't make inroads, to where, what he wanted to do and make things happen, he had to realize that nobody was coming to save him. You know, right. and as a producer, uh, somewhere in the process of my career, I realized, because it'd be really great if some big studio comes and they want to help me and do a whole bunch of other stuff for me. But if they never come, that does not mean I can't be a, a filmmaker. It does not mean I can't be a producer. It mean I can't do the things I want to do. I want to shoot for, number one, to be Steven Spielberg, but number 15 makes a lot of money too. Yeah. So, so, you know, a lot of times people are, you know, they, they can't get to that number one and they're kind of devastated. But everybody, you know, I try to stay in my lane and I try to do things that make that I feel like I can live with stories that I can tell. It's, it's like with my, with my, my last movie, I read all over. Read all over is a story about a young boy who actually did his shoots a friend. It is told from the shooter and the victim's perspective. And a lot of times we don't get that story. We get the story when somebody does a shooting, you know, for years, they talk about the person who shot, they just, a, you know, bad, the worst person in the world. But most young kids don't get up and say they're going to shoot nobody. They're just not going to get out. There's a story. Everybody has a story. There's a perspective that you don't see. And the catch line of that movie is that before you choose a side, understand both. I'm not telling you that you should be on one side for gun violence. I'm not saying you should be on one side for gun rights. What I'm saying is that before you come to an ultimate decision, you need to at least see what was going on in that person's mind. You got mm -hmm. the young girl who uh, father told her not to go to the park. Okay. It's a reoccurring story. Father keep telling her, don't go to the park. Don't go to the park. Don't go to the park. Because she's young. She just does what she wants to. The young mm -hmm. boy, mother's a, a drug addict. Father's an alcoholic. He don't really have any, you know, he's a very smart kid, but he's being made bullied, bullied and picked on because he's smart. And so people are antagonizing him to bully at school doing that. So mm -hmm. When he has the moment, it really kind of is like, okay, I think I'm, in my mind that I want to do something to this boy who's bothering me. He goes to his mother, but she, she don't drive. She, she can't help him. Right. You know? So he has no place to go. And when people don't know what to do, they usually do something bad because they don't really know what to do. And so he ends up, you know, shooting a girl. But if you didn't see that story and all you saw was a young girl was shoot, shot, are you thinking of is that that boy needs to go to jail for a hundred years because he mm -hmm. shot that girl instead of really kind of seeing. There are other things that we can do to keep our young people from doing those things. We have to care. And people sometimes just don't care. You have to care. Yeah. In a, in a very soundbite kind of world, we don't stop and investigate what's the deepest story, mm -hmm. what's the deeper side. It's like, you know, whatever, you know, we, we even the, you know, the latest story that's out now is, uh, about the the guy who you know was drove his SUV into a parade of people who were watching a parade, 
and all you getting the sound bites, sound bites. But you know, and it is a little bit now about what was going on in his life. But I think it's still from a, a villainous perspective. Yeah. Um, but and then it won't be until like a decade from now when someone really stops and looking like well, who was this individual and why did he do this? And what was going on in his life? They'll do 60 minutes on it and they'll tell his whole little life about why he, how he got to that point. And we'll all go, oh, that's what happened. Oh, right. Why did right. that happen? You know, but that's exactly. just the way it is. You know? Yeah, that's, the, that's just the way it rolls, man. It's unfortunate. But, you know, I mean, we live in a, in a society where we just can't process too much information at one time. And even if you were to go and try to understand sometimes a person, and what they've been through or what they're going through, people will look at you that you're protecting them and that you believe they did is right. Like, no, I'm just trying to better understand this individual. So you can be demonized along right along with the person who did the crime because you feel some level of compassion for another person, you know, which we all should feel compassion for people. But, you know, so that's where we're at right now. And I think one thing about movies is movies allow you, they can, you know, and movies are tricky, you know, movies are tricky, but it could be a good tricky. And what is the good tricky about a movie is, is that you can stop someone for a moment and allow them to look at the other side for a second to, so that, you know, so they can, I think it, it can sort of numb that piece of the mind that sort of doesn't have that compassion and allow you to stop for a moment and see things a little bit different. That's the power of movies when it's used to its best, I think. Yes, yes, I agree. You know, if you can tell us a compelling story and get people drawn into it and throw that little hook. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even realize that was, I was looking at just recently, looking at uh, In My Shyamalan's Old. I had never saw it before. And uh, interesting story. You clearly, you know, you see trailers. It tells you what the movie's about. People being on the beach and they get old. But when they really told why they were getting old and what was really happening, I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming, you know. So it was like this present surprise of how they kind of flipped it around, you know. And great story, story uh, uh, writers, great creators of stories have ways of telling a story to draw you in to love these characters, good or bad. And then find a way to throw a hook in there where you didn't see it to where you caught off guard. Uh, I just want to make sure that people know where to to, to find the movie. Um, right, like as I said earlier, you can find it on Tubi. T that's T U B I, the the app. I think you also can go to their website and also see movies. I'm not sure, but I know you can, if you have a Fire Stick or you have a Roku um, or any kind of smart TV. You can um, find Tubi, you can put in Ebony Hustle and see the movie starting December 1st. And after December 1st, you can also view the movie um, Ebony Hustle on other, on all other. Pretty much everywhere. Anywhere pretty else besides Netflix. We don't have Netflix at this moment, but pretty much everywhere else you may be see it, uh, see it there. And Tubi TV, you don't necessarily need the app. You really can just go to the website on your phone. It's one of the few. Okay. Streaming services where you don't need the app. You can just go to TubiTV.com and type in a movie on, um, on uh, or just go to EmilyHustles.com and we'll have all. And it's free, right? Yeah, it's free. It's free. And it's free. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. Okay. Well, I appreciate you for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. And I definitely want to hear about any other projects that you, that you are working on and uh, really uh, glad that we had a chance to have a conversation. 
Okay, I appreciate that. People can find me on social media. My social media is pretty much the same across all boards. John Wayne S. I I I. It's John Wayne S. The Third on every single platform from TikTok to Instagram to Facebook. You'll be able to find me, and also London Town Pictures. L O N D Y N Town Pictures. You should do that. So I appreciate you. And I have those links down in the show description so you can find Mr. John Wayne is the third. Yo, bills past due. We going nuts, blue screws. Need to hear some good news. Cause he tired of hearing bad news. Down to your last few. Just put your last two on pump two. For some gas, I know it's hard not to act the fool. But you still gotta get to working. Still gotta get it in. Train gotta make it working. Bring you some money in. The kids still gotta eat. Got three miles to feed. Just keep faith and go at God's speed. If your bill's taking over, oh God, you never sober. You lost, you think you're sober. 